0: Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. In this episode, Dr. Barr and I will discuss a recent school shooting that took place on November 14th, about 10 minutes away from my home. Although we say it was much more recent on the podcast, that's because this was recorded at an earlier time. Because this incident happened so close to home, Dr. Barr and I thought it would be a relevant topic to discuss trauma in incidents like this. Unfortunately, there's a need for this episode. It's not something we would want to normally talk about or cover, but we did feel like, unfortunately, it was necessary. So here's our episode on the Sagas High School shooting and what to do if you or somebody you love has been traumatized in an event. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Well, hi there. You're listening to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast with Erica and Dr. Barr. Thanks for being here, Dr. Barr, as always.
1: Well, it's always good to be here, and welcome to our listeners. Uh, we've we've had a lot going on these last couple of weeks, haven't we?
0: Unfortunately, about, uh, let's see, eight days ago now, there was a school shooting at Saugus High School that uh, was very close to my home. It was a, a rival school of of my high school. And okay. uh, two people, two students lost their lives. A uh, couple others were injured. And unfortunately, it just sparked that conversation uh, that seems to be kind of happening everywhere right now of uh, yes. what do, what do I do if my child is involved in something traumatic like this. And uh, the the stories around town have been just heartbreaking about uh, seniors in high school wanting to go back to their parents' bed and sleep with them again. Um, You know, people who were maybe the biggest student in the student body was just in a corner terrified, you know, totally frozen when this when this shooting happened. And then there's just different stories of, of people who probably witnessed the whole thing happen. It, would, it happened in a quad. So I'm guessing there were other students who just ended up being total witnesses of, of it. Yeah. Right. Um there's students who were in classrooms shaking, terrified, not knowing if, you know, the killer was coming for them in their classroom soon. I saw a heartbreaking picture of a bunch of scissors that um a teacher took a picture of. I get chills just saying that. Um because some students couldn't think of how else they'd protect themselves, so they took out the scissors. So there is a oh. a picture of okay. yeah, of just a bunch of scissors that were left in a classroom cuz students were terrified, you know, what are we going to do?
1: Yes.
0: But um once well, it is
1: indeed a terrifying episode. It's yeah. just a terrifying episode.
0: Yeah. And and how, you know, there's no way to predict something like that. It happens, you know, seven something in the morning you're in your senior year of high school. That's something I certainly never would have thought could happen at any minute when I was in high school. I mean, I'm sure you agree that was never even a consideration.
1: Never even crossed our minds.
0: Yeah. But now the thing is, is these students, it's crossed their minds. They're prepared to run. Um, There's a drill. You know, they've done the drill. They knew the drill. Um, But I still don't think anybody could have thought this was really going to happen, especially, you know, in a community that I grew up in that I know for a fact kind of feels like a bubble.
1: It leaves you very shaken and it it leaves you feeling vulnerable. Most of us grow up feeling uh, rather invincible and uh, feeling like we're safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really shakes your sense of confidence and your sense of security. So what do we tell parents and what do we tell the students who have gone through something like this? I'd like to remind everyone that the reaction that happens is fight or flight, but it's really fight, flight, freeze, because some people freeze. So you, you unless you've been in something like this, you really don't know what your reaction is going to be. And so you were talking about, um, well, what about, uh, a big brawny high school guy who takes off running like a jackrabbit or, um, freezes in the corner or that it's like, that's all very normal. Yeah. I relate it back to my, um, experience in the, um, 87 earthquake. I reacted totally different than I ever thought I would.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's
1: part of what really shook me up, um, afterwards i felt like i couldn't trust myself because i had reacted uh, so differently than i than i ever had imagined and um i had completely had a panic attack during that earthquake
0: i don't know if um, you saw any hope- of any of those news uh any of the news coverage but there was i mean you saw a lot of students running i think that was pretty much the go to response for most of those students
1: um what a what a terrifying event for these for these uh, young people and for their parents then, um, yes, I I feel very, very badly. And my heart goes out to those, uh, folks who lost their children in this and and the ones who actually got wounded. The the other thing that happens sometimes after, after a shooting like this is what we call survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, well, why did I live? And my friend didn't. Yes. Um, uh, I would recommend that you go and see somebody because that's a more complex um, set of things than than probably we can deal with here in the podcast. But mm. um, please go get some help because uh, it's a normal thing. And it's something that we understand, um, but it takes some time to work through that. And um, you would you would do well to go and get some professional help along that line. It's good to know. So so what can uh, okay so the students at Saugus High are not going back to school my understanding is until after Thanksgiving which is
0: Well they actually so, they actually did go back they they had this past week um as an option to go get um some students needed to get some things that were left at school so that was an option to right. go but it was also some teachers did decide To open up their classroom um, for arts and crafts, games, coloring, yoga, music, art, meditation, um, all kinds of things like that were going down and you could kind of choose which one you wanted. I even saw one teacher had an Amazon wish list of can you help my classroom get these games so I can um, and some beanbag chairs so we can provide this space again. For oh, students good. to just good. heal and talk and play a game or paint. And I was actually going to ask you what you thought of that, as, of the arts and crafts or games or coloring. Is that something that is considered therapeutic to heal? I think that's
1: an excellent idea um, okay. to to be back in the setting and to be doing something creative or constructive or fun um, goes a long way toward making the place inviting again and and safe again to come back to Mm. um, so that that you're not terrified to return to school
0: right is creating something creating something like art or music is that healing
1: that can be very very helpful because it it engages um, another part of our brain to help us reprocess what happened
0: oh that's interesting Uh,
1: so so that that's that's a very helpful uh, way to go.
0: You see it in the movies a lot where therapists are having children draw something or, um, or, you know, somebody's using art for anxiety, but I've never actually seen it in action. I've always kind of wondered, is this, you know, is this truly something they do, but. No, um, it it really is
1: truly it. And it can be very, very helpful. Uh um, it's good to know. Uh, so there, there's the whole field of art therapy and, um, uh, for all of the people that are listening who do art therapy, um, kudos to you. Um, I think it's a, a very useful tool and very useful field. Um, like I said, it, it, it bypasses a lot of our thinking and lets us reprocess the emotions in a, in a whole different way. Some people will even say um, it's better if you will go, if you're going to do art to mm-hmm. use your non-dominant hand. Hmm. Uh so if you're right-handed you use your left hand, if you're left-handed you use your right hand.
0: That sounds tricky.
1: So so that it um it takes more concentration for you to actually accomplish what you're intending to accomplish by doing that, but it also engages the brain in a whole different way. Uh so one of the things that is helpful is also to sit down and write that out, write the story out. Oh, okay. Not on not on the computer. Write it out in, in longhand on on a piece of paper. Oh,
2: Uh,
1: there's, there's something, our nervous system processes it a little differently if we're actually having to write it. So it actually works better if you write it out in your own hand. Um, Now I know a lot of, a lot of students now, um, are much more comfortable using the computer. So that would be second best. But, um, if, if you'll take the time to just get a pad of paper and write it out longhand, or print it, if you know some people don't do cursive very well anymore, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, write it out. That that can be very helpful too. The other thing is there are some breathing exercises that can be very helpful uh, when you've gone through uh, a terribly traumatic event mm. uh, like this shooting. Well, let me preface this by saying the first time I was introduced to this was um, after the uh, tsunami in Thailand, what a horrific event that yeah. is, but I was um, listening to a, a psychologist speak who had gone to Thailand to help with the recovery and with the trauma. I wish I could give him credit because I would love to, but I don't remember his name, so mm. i can't I can't give him credit, but I'll give him credit anonymously, I guess, yeah, but he was talking about the powerful effect that uh, breathing has on uh, children in particular, but adults as well
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, after a traumatic event like like that. Uh, most of these children were uh, destitute and homeless now. Uh, many of them had lost their families mm-hmm. uh, or didn't know where their families were. And he said you could see that they they were walking around in sort of a glazed state.
0: Yes, yes, I've heard of that. Um,
1: And um, so they would bring them in in um, groups of maybe 25 to 50 and under a tent. So they would be out of the sun and uh, just do a little 10-minute breathing exercise with them. And uh, later, Hmm. they would see these same children out playing. Oh wow. So it didn't change their circumstance, yeah. but it changed their response in the circumstance. Mm. And their their creative selves and their their ability to play was loosened up and and so it it gave them a much brighter outlook.
0: Were these body and relaxation so, exercise breathing or what what kind of breathing are we talking about?
1: Um well it it actually was a style of yoga breathing. Mm, okay. Um the the style that um I believe he was using is called the four, seven, eight breath. Um, Let me just kind of uh, uh, go through that. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: what what happens is you inhale through your nose for the count of four. So you gently inhale, but now remember, okay, so the seven is you're going to hold your breath then for the count of seven. So when you inhale, you have to inhale enough air (laughs) because you're going to hold it for the count of seven. Okay. And then you're going to gently blow it out to the count of eight. The way this goes is you place your tongue in on the hard ridge just behind your front teeth. And so you're pressing your tongue on that hard ridge. And then you breathe in from through your nose. And you leave your tongue pressed the, the entire time during this exercise. Then you breathe in through your nose. You hold it for the count of, I'm sorry, of seven. And then you blow out, pursing your lips, and so it's it sounds sort of like this. So,
0: so it, a little it bit of a whistle like a wind. or wind.
1: Yeah.
0: okay. Uh, uh-huh. Interesting.
1: Now you have to blow out rather slowly, or you know, if you blow it all out at once, you're not going to make it to eight. So you have to measure how you're blowing it out.
0: So take some thinking in this. Some brain activity. Yes. Uh
1: uh-huh. Takes some brain activity, takes uh some counting, takes a little bit of concentration, um, but is not hard to do. Mm. So it would it would it would go like this, and if you'd like to try it, um I'll count you through it. So okay. let's let's do it. We'll get to do it. Okay, so you're gonna breathe in for four. So ready? Okay. Press your tongue and breathe in. One, two, 3 4 hold Two, three, four, five, six, seven. blow out Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. then breathe in Two, three, four, hold Two, three, four, five, six, seven. blow out Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then you do that for for four times. Nice. I think it's uh, so effective for children because it's it's rather simple. It's, it's just oh, you can do this, and and uh, these are simple directions, and and you you can count them through it.
0: Maybe kind of fun too. Yes. Okay.
1: So. Um, so for those people who are having kids who are, are, uh, scared to be alone, uh, they're, like you said, uh, some, uh, maybe back in their parents' bed or bedroom, sleeping on the floor, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, this, this can be, um, a help to them to help regulate their emotions, to help get a different part of their brain engaged and a different part of their nervous system engaged, that will uh, be helpful in regulating, helping that person feel like they've got some tools to regulate their body.
0: I wanna ask you something um, really quickly, because I think this is super important that I learned about trauma and anxiety. There is some, actually, a lot of truth to getting on board with this kind of relaxation and breathing sooner rather than later, correct? Instead of letting it this in two years. Um, once you know you might start struggling with panic attacks or something like that, this is kind of a way to hijack your nervous system now is that Is that an accurate way to say that so it doesn't get worse or you don't you know develop the panic attacks or
1: well, I wouldn't use the word hijack um I think that the trauma is what hijacks the nervous system okay and you get and you get trapped in in sort of a um a frozen place if I can put that um You've got a thought or you've got a picture in your mind that mm-hmm. you can't get rid of. You've got a, a feeling in your body that you can't get rid of. Your, your nervous system has been hijacked by the panic and by the, the trauma of the situation. Mm-hmm. And this is a way to, to break through that hijacking, to say, no, you're, sti- you're okay. You, you can still be okay, even though you went through this trauma. And it's not denying that the trauma took place. There's no denying that. There's yeah. no reason to deny it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so it's not that, that we're saying, Oh, don't just don't think about that. That that doesn't work. Mm. Um but a simple breathing exercise ends up being extremely powerful. Yeah. Now I wish I knew why all the ins and outs of why this happens. Um, I know it helps change the blood chemistry so that that, um, by the fourth time through this breathing exercise, some people will feel maybe a little lightheaded, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little dizzy, that that will go away quickly, and that's okay. Uh, Other people will feel different sensations, and that's okay. Um, If you're having trouble doing it, you may need to speed up the count. Or you can slow down the count if you're able to slow the count down. Um probably the slower you can do the count, the better off you are, because mm-hmm. that probably means the more relaxed you are. Hmm. Uh, but they have practiced these breathing exercises for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. And um basically what we're doing at this point is we're taking what we know works and um it's a it's a simple breathing technique that has been proven uh, in many disaster situations to have been very helpful. Hmm. So um, I, I hope that uh, if any of our listeners were in that position, uh, or they're having trauma of some kind, uh, that they will uh, let themselves try that technique.
0: And do I you think, think it'd be very helpful? Do you think the sooner the better is a good
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. thing to keep in
0: mind? Okay. So the sooner you can start with that, that's that's going to be you're going to be better off in the long run.
1: That's right. Uh, Because anxiety, anxiety likes to hang around once it gets a hold of you. Right. And so you don't you don't really want it to get a hold of you. You want to put it at bay as quickly as possible. So, yes, they're better off doing it early rather than later. Very, very good point.
0: Is that's it right. is it fair to say that there's some relaxation exercises that are just going to work better for others uh when it comes to healing from trauma?
1: That that could well be. Mm-hmm. Um so um each person is so different and each person responds so differently uh that that I think that's part of why there are so many different breathing techniques. Yeah. Um some people have a hard time even trying to do a breathing technique at this point after they've been traumatized or they're anxious
2: mm-hmm.
1: they they have a hard time uh, even thinking about trying to regulate their breath and so right. for those folks there there may be some uh, some other techniques that would be more helpful where um they may need to do uh, more grounding kinds of exercises like um uh name five things that are red um, mm-hmm. you know get you, you kind of quiet yourself and then you uh, Name five things that are red and name five things that are blue and name five things that are yellow. Just getting your mind to do a different kind of exercise.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: re- really wanting to engage your mind, but not on the trauma uh, to get it to go somewhere else. Okay.
2: Um,
1: trying to get your yourself to uh, feel where your feet are, feel where you're sitting, uh, feel where you have your arms.
0: Yeah, you that's know, so huge that for me. I like those.
1: Attending attending to different places where you're touching the ground. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things can, be, can also be very helpful to get your mind out of the emotion and into where is my body? What is my body doing?
0: Yeah. And I think a great thing you can do is just experiment sometimes online with what's helping, what you find relaxing. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube and um, different places. Oh, yes, that there I there is. I think you know you can kind of explore. Did that relax me? Did I hate that person's voice? Was that way too long? Was that you know some of them are like three hours. You're like, okay, I don't have three hours. <laughs> but if you know right. you can find the right one, the right time, <laughs> right. something that
1: there's some very there's some good options. Apps, um, yeah, there's give, apps. A lot That's of true. Options.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, options in in breathing. Options in uh, different forms of progressive muscle relaxation. Yes, uh, that's that's the technique that I use. I use a variation of progressive one. muscle relaxation mm-hmm. um, and it, it can be very helpful. That's helpful in general to relax your body and relaxation itself is very helpful.
0: It will I get you out of an anxiety uh, attack. At a lot of I mean, it's gotten me out of several anxiety attacks just to be more specific for those listening. You can yeah. be in a terrible anxiety attack and be out of it by the time you do an exercise and regu- by calm your body for, you know, each time you practice it, you're calming your body more for life too. So it's, it's, it's huge for your body to do these things.
1: Yes. Um, and, and that, that empowers you so much. You yes, know, it to does. To feel like you have, Tools. you have a tool to fight back against this, this terrible anxiety that has taken over your body. It mm-hmm. feels like, that's what it feels like. It is It is, it is, it's consuming me. And I, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to stop it. and That's, that's one of the very effective ways to do that. Yes. Well, I would just, I would just want to, um, I'd really encourage you to find some breathing exercises that work, uh, mm-hmm. focus on your uh, being able to learn to breathe and to breathe uh, with your diaphragm. That's where I was going to go. And I couldn't think of it a while ago. <laughs> um is, is to breathe with your diaphragm. Um, if, if you know people who are singers or who uh, play a wind instrument, um, dancers, those athletes, they're, they're very much using their diaphragm to breathe. And a lot of the rest of us end up using all of our, our chest muscles and uh, other secondary muscles and, and end up holding our diaphragm tight. Mm. But our diaphragm is the breathing muscle. And so it may take a little bit of practice to get your breathing muscle conditioned again and, and get it loose so that it, it's doing its job. If you put one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach, then when you take a breath in, your stomach should rise. And what you want to do is you want to hold your your chest still so your hand on your chest doesn't move but the hand on your stomach does. So you, when you breathe in your hand on your stomach goes up and when you breathe out uh, and then the air comes out and your stomach goes down. If if you watch a little baby, if you're, you're just watching them breathe, they're laying there asleep and all you see is their little tummies going up and down. Yep. I see that, that often. That's, okay. So that's the diaphragm at work. And when they're they're tummy is going up, they're breathing in, and when their tummy's going down, they're breathing out.
0: Ah, interesting. Yeah, I'm always looking for that on the monitor with my little right. guy. I'm that's like, right. he's breathing okay, right? Yeah. Um, yep, And that's right. real quick, Dr. Barr, I've I realized we probably should have, I should have asked you this in the beginning, but how do we even know if we're traumatized? For instance, are some students at Saugus maybe who who could be in the same situation as another person in that quad? Are they less traumatized than somebody else uh, who could be in that quad? And and how do we know? And how do we look out for things like that in our in our children? I know that's a lot of questions, but um,
1: well, actually, that's a good that's a very good point. Yes, uh, people are traumatized at different levels. Okay, um, and and that's not to place any blame or sense of weakness or anything like that. uh, Mm -hmm. It's just the way our nervous systems process things. And so everybody's nervous system is different. Mm -hmm. And so everyone is going to process it differently. Okay. And particularly in in an out of control situation like that, and that is totally out of control. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, Your your nervous system is going to process things very, very differently. And um, so some people end up, they may be right next to each other and their experience seems like very different episodes mm-hmm. uh, because one person may be totally traumatized and the other person is like, yeah, I was scared to death, but um, I'm fine. And, they were able uh, to
0: shake it off more. Um,
1: maybe, maybe you would say shake it off. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it, it's just um, how their nervous system allows them to process things. Um, Yes, they were scared, but they understand, and their brain uh, took over in a different way and uh, processed it differently. So there, there probably are students who were there and may have even been in the quad who are not all that traumatized. Okay. It's like, yeah, that was really scary, um, but the way they process the information, they they somehow are able to deal with it in a different way or or in, in a faster manner. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is this is said without judgment. You know, it's not to to point fingers and say one's better than the other um, or there's something wrong with the people who were traumatized. There's nothing wrong with the people who were traumatized because that was a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. But we don't want them to stay traumatized. Okay, We want them to be able to process it. And and Mm -hmm. this does not have to take away the joy of their life.
0: And how do they know if they are traumatized? Because I'm, I'm sure well, some I people think, don't know that they were traumatized.
1: Um, some people may not. They may they may feel like they're fine. And then, um, you know, a month later, they start having nightmares or they, they start having trouble sleeping or they find themselves um, jumping at sounds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I suspect that uh, everyone who heard that gunshot,
2: mm-hmm. anytime
1: they hear any kind of loud bang or that kind of thing, they're going to they're going to hone in on that their antennae are up for that now Mm -hmm. Um, uh, for instance after the uh, earthquake that I was in um, I heard people talking about the the rumble the sound of the earthquake well the only sound I could relate to of the earthquake were my bookshelves banging against the wall Mm. it was very loud but they were so that was a standout sound to me the the people who were there and heard the gunshot, I'm mm-hmm. sure that they are going to be tuned in to that kind of a, a crack sound, or, uh, the popping sound, uh, any kind of loud bang.
0: Yeah, I actually heard so, of one student at another school uh, hear a bag of chips pop open and they got scared. And that was at another school. So people are kind of on alert everywhere.
1: That's right. And that's without that's even right. hearing
0: the gunshots.
1: Um, Sad. So if parents... The the kid may think they're just fine, you know, and and uh, hopefully they are, yeah. but if the parents start sensing that, you know, something's off, um, gee, you know, your grades have gone down since this incident, mm-hmm. uh, so they may be having trouble concentrating or that that kind of thing where they're they're not necessarily aware that they're having trouble, but then they see some telltale signs like that. Um, grades going down, can't concentrate, can't get your homework done, taking mm-hmm. much longer to do your homework, um, things like that.
0: Panic attacks would that be one?
1: Uh, it could be. It could mm-hmm. certainly lead to to people having panic attacks, um, feeling fearful out of seemingly nowhere.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, you know, they we, we talk about panic attacks kind of coming out of the blue. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, what? I, you know, I was sitting in class, and all of a sudden, I I couldn't sit there anymore. I felt like I had to run. Yeah. Um,
0: and so these are the hallmark signs of trauma that we can look out for in ourselves and in in our children.
1: And in our in our children, yeah. By the way, if if your kids are wanting to come and sleep in the bedroom with you or in the bed with you, it's perfectly okay to let that happen for a while. Yeah. Uh, you need to go back and, and uh, you know, Ma- Maslow's hierarchy of uh, needs, safety is, is one of those primary needs. Mm. And uh, so we have to go back and kind of reestablish that, that, okay, you're, you're safe, you're safe here. You're going to be safe here. And so sometimes you need to go back and, and touch that point again, and uh, then you can come forward again. and, uh for those who, who are back in their parents' bedrooms and that kind of thing, perfectly normal and uh don't worry about yourselves. Uh you'll you'll get past it. But this breathing technique can help you get past it. So I hope that you'll practice that.
0: Extremely useful information at a time where it's not always so clear on what to do and how to handle ourselves and how to take care of ourselves.
1: Well, that's right. We you know, it's it's like we're My goodness, that's such a huge thing. How can doing this simple thing like breathing have much effect? Mm
2: -hmm. But that's
1: where I I want people to to know it can have a tremendous effect. So please try it and please use it, and you'll be surprised.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Barr, as always. And um, we will be back with you guys next time with some uh, hopefully just as life-changing information.
1: Well, happy breathing.
0: Yes, happy breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, babies make it look so easy, and it's we make it hard. We make it hard later in life, but it really is easy. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through, and that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. So if you want a totally free copy of the relaxation CD, well, MP3 actually, that helped change my life forever, come on over to the Life Free of Anxiety Facebook or Instagram page. Send me a message and I'll send it over as our gift to you. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.